The year is 2019. The United Kingdom withdraws from the European Union in a decision known as Brexit. At least 53 people were charged as a part of the college admission scandal. Taylor Swift and Katy Perry finally put an end to their years-long beef. The U.S. women's soccer team wins the World Cup, and the haunting of Sharon Tate is unleashed on the world. <laughs> I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this is History Duffs. For a special spooky <laughs> Halloween episode. <Surprise>! And it's also... <laughs> Our last episode, it's the last, yeah. well, not the Ever. last episode, but... It's the end of our friendship. <laughs> We're announcing it right now. Paige, I'm really going to miss you, but I think it's best that we that we ended at Haunting of Sharon Tate. Yeah, it's been fine. Yeah. Our years of friendship. So many fine it. times. <laughs> Just okay. SMFT. <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. Just Okay. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> she died how she lived, being just okay. Just okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Hope, where were you in the year 2019? <laughs> well, um, let's see. I was living in New York City. That's right. I was living in New York. I was working at a children's photography studio. Glamorous. Glamorous. Um, I was doing stand-up comedy. And... Uh, I was gearing up for a pandemic, but I didn't know it. Oh, I did. I was like, here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting ready. Um, Yeah, where was I in 2019? I was working in LA and living here too. Oh, good. Yeah. That does make it easier. (laughs) It definitely does. Living here, working in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, that's... That's about it. Who is your love interest in 2019? Oh, is that wow. a better question? 2019. Because this is still pretty fresh. <laughs> it is so fresh. That's... Also, I thought this movie came out so long ago. I was like, yeah, I was probably senior in high school when Haunting of Sharon Tate came out. Yeah. it. I wish that there was a lot more distance between the Hillary that we know now and this movie. Yeah, I definitely. I think that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> I wish I could be like, well, she was so young. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She didn't know better. She did. Um, (laughs) Love interest in 2019. I think I was dating a boy named Tyler. Mm -hmm. Classic. (laughs) We've all dated a boy named Tyler. Oh, absolutely. I haven't, actually. Really? But that's on me. Yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why no Tylers have ever been attracted to you. (laughs) I feel like it's so easy to land a Tyler. (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> wow. We have Honestly, to unpack that. <laughs> no, all the Tylers just aren't good enough for you. Here's the thing is that I tend to date guys with really weird names. Shout out to Rush. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Many years ago, Paige and I were on a different podcast with our friend Taylor, who did our Wings episode, and we decided to do a boyfriend <laughs> episode of the podcast. Where- Honestly, one of the funniest <laughs> things we've ever done. Where Taylor and I just sent our boyfriends in. In substitution for us. So I did an episode with Hope's boyfriend and Taylor's boyfriend. We called it the boyfriend episode. It's hilarious. It was also, gosh, it was a 
podcast about Disney Channel original movies, and we just so happened. To- I know this is bad. <laughs> I I wasn't even gonna say it. <laughs> we just so happened to pick the movie Double Teamed, and no, not a single one of us thought, "Hey, that's inappropriate. No. That could be a joke." Like, n- did not occur to me. All we thought was like. Oh, boys like basketball. This is a basketball movie. And Hope and Taylor were like, yeah, I don't want to talk about Double Teamed in particular. That's interesting, though, because I do love that movie. It's so good. When I I was a kid, I wanted to have twins named Heather and Heidi. I think that the options were getting more and more limited. So you were like, I guess I'll give up. I guess I'll give up Double Teamed. And I'm so sorry that I did. I really should have put my foot down. I had a blast, though. I'm going to be honest. I had so much fun with Rush and George, and they took it so seriously. It was uh, it was precious. Love them. Uh, them. R.I.P. I'm going to um, bleep out all these names. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not good enough at this. <laughs> we'll just cut this whole section. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, 2019, not that long ago. Yeah. So what was Hillary up to? Um, she was married. To Matthew? Right? Yeah. So... Matthew, Matthew is, I guess, to blame. <laughs> Somehow, it's his fault. I don't know how, but we'll just say it is. When was, um, when was May born? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Googling it. Don't worry. Oh, thank God. Uh, oh, she wasn't, she wasn't born until 2021, so. Okay. We have time to get there. Um. So Banks is around, though. Banks is around, yeah. Banks well banks predates the marriage exactly exactly um that's the only that's what i'm working with here banks was born in uh 2019 huh same year as this movie interesting (laughs) so somehow i think it's banks's fault (laughs) you know what banks if you're listening you have some apologies to make yeah Thanks. It's time you take accountability. <laughs> okay. Frowny face. <laughs> well, um, should we talk about the movie? I guess so. Yeah, we didn't even discuss what is your relationship to this movie. And what is your relationship with scary movies in general? I don't I don't like scary movies. <laughs> I can't handle them. I am too much of an empath, I guess. I just, I can't watch them. I literally was watching the majority of this movie. This is also just terrible timing because I'm dog sitting. So I'm at a stranger's place. I mean, it's also good though because I did have like a big pit bull, like Mm -hmm. who I was watching this movie with, but he's also really stressing me out. Um, So it was only okay when I got him to like relax and cuddle. But I was watched the majority of this movie from the kitchen and there is not a direct view um, from the kitchen to the living room. So I watched probably just like 13% of the screen for part of it. Cause I was like, I was hiding behind the fridge. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. That was really bad. I hated it. I did not finish. I couldn't. My heart was racing so fast. I like texted Paige absolutely on the brink of a panic attack being like, I can't do this. And it was broad daylight. Aww. But I'm sorry. I don't want to watch a pregnant woman be attacked. Like I just know that those are images I'm going to live with forever. I'm a very visual brained yeah. person. So I think that's why I avoid scary content. For sure. Honestly, I did not remember how scary this movie is. Yeah. It is kind of it is kind of freaky. A lot of jump scares, a lot of gore. So much gore. I really don't like it. Yeah. It's really and it just flat out exploits a real tragedy which is the the worst part it that's the thing it's like you can't even comfort yourself by saying this isn't real this is real 
And it makes it it hurt like my heart to watch and to know that this happened. Yeah, because it just absolutely shits on. The yeah, whole this is tragedy. so inappropriate that they made this. It it's and why you you could do you could tell a better story if you fictionalized it. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're taking advantage. Of not a victim. Even, not fictionalize it because they did take a lot of liberties oh, with sorry. this story. I mean, I like t- a brand new story. Yeah. Like, if you want to do something scary about a home invasion with a Hollywood star, you can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this story. I think that was part of the reason why they chose this movie. It's the name recognition. Exactly. You know, and this director has done this in the past and is probably working on more of these terrible projects but I think that part of it is the shock value and the fact that people are talking about it I feel guilty even talking about it on our podcast our Hillary Duff podcast just because I don't want people to seek it out or watch this movie I think that it should just die yeah it's really disrespectful to Sharon Tate and to her legacy because she's more than just a victim of a horrible crime she was a very talented actress as well as a friend, you know, and someone who had a real life and she doesn't deserve to have this horrible thing that happened to her, like somehow define her whole life, at least in people's memories. It's just so, it's a nightmare. You know, it's like, let her rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. And the director of this movie actually reached out to Sharon Tate's sister, Yeah, sent her an email basically explaining his plan for the film. And she was not happy, did not want it to be told at all it's I, I there's no reason to continue you yeah know, bringing the story back up and changing details of it and taking yeah. liberties there's just there's it, there's no point you're changing so many details why not just make it about someone else like yeah. why you're doing it fully to capitalize on the name honestly this is such a stretch but are you familiar with trolls too no <laughs> troll two i know about troll two but not trolls two okay it might be troll two. Oh, okay well what's the one is the one of? it's the one you're thinking of animated no oh yeah i know troll two <laughs> are we gonna talk about troll two yeah <laughs> oh, okay yeah i am familiar okay you know the cult classic bad yeah. bad movie made by an italian director um i forget his name but what i find so funny about that story is that it's there is no, like, Troll 1 that it's based yeah. off of. <laughs> they just named it Troll 2 to capitalize off of the minor success of another movie named Troll. Completely unrelated. And I feel like that's kind of what they did here. It's, like, a totally unrelated story, but they're like, oh, well, we want to take Sharon Tate's name and, and get the publicity that way. Which yeah. is, I mean, just terrible, terrible, terrible. The biggest changes i think or the big the biggest like liberties that were taken um is that they make sharon tate basically like psychic Mm -hmm. she predicts that something awful is gonna happen yeah and she's like having dreams of the eventual outcome yeah which just allows them to like reenact the killings over and over again yeah because there's not there's no story going on here like we know how it's gonna end yeah and so they just, there's the one detail that everybody knows, which is these really awful, brutal murders. Yes. And so they just kind of rehash it over and over again. Yeah. And they they almost kind of blame the people in this, in, they blame the four. 
where it's like, oh, she knew some some things were happening. They should have left. Or, you know, they let the guy on the property too many times. Like, what if they hadn't done this? Or what if the window had been better locked? Or what if it, it's just terrible making making it seem like this in any way could have been prevented because that's not their responsibility. Like this, they're not the ones who did it, you know, they're victims. I know that you didn't finish the movie. Yes. You didn't watch the last 20 minutes. Yes. I'm literally, my heart just started racing again, thinking about it. Okay. So what happens? I'm just going to tell you what happened in the simplest terms. Basically it's a kind of a cat and mouse chase through the house. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. And, um, the, the four friends, Sharon Tate and her friends, fight back and end up killing the Manson family, like, that invaded the home, which is not what happened, obviously, in real life. What? But, really? Yeah. Sharon, Hillary Duff's character, um, shoots Tex Watson. Uh-huh. And then they walk out. They walk down the driveway. She basically closes the gate on her friends, so they're outside, and she walks back up the driveway so Sharon goes back to the crime scene and the cops are there and she sees the bodies of her friends and herself. So it's this trippy, like, they think they've escaped, but she walks back and she actually sees that they've died. Okay, so she was a ghost. Yeah. And remember in the beginning of the movie, they do that black and white, like, she's telling a story. <laughs> that was so bad. So The whole movie is so bad. But that, in the particular, I, I literally wrote in my notes, it felt like I was watching, like, a drunk history sketch. <laughs> so true. It's so true. <laughs> but that was supposed to be, I guess, like, her retelling the story of the murder. What? Yeah. So she lived or not? You- no. It. So we're supposed to be like, oh, they got out. We, yay. Hooray. They killed them. But then she walks back and it's like, oh, no, this is just what she this is what we thought happened. But actually, they died. Oh, yeah. It's a <sighs> terrible ending. It's, I I just don't understand why they did it <laughs> at all. I, why would you want to play this character? Like, I think I understand, like, wanting to portray Sharon Tate because she's a beautiful, like, actress. But why would you want to portray this part of her life? I think that it's horrific. The whole idea of true crime is just one big gray area Mm -hmm. there's not really an ethical way to tell this story I mean I guess you could say like you know I I read Helter Skelter which is about the Tate LaBianca murders yeah and the prosecutor wrote that the prosecutor yeah he wrote it and he um it's very like factual and just kind of to the point of it's not sensationalized at all but still there's somebody profiting off of this tragedy. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, yeah. hard to, everything is just sort of a gray area, the darker yeah. shades of gray and lighter shades of gray. But I think that there is a way that you can justify wanting to, oh, well, I wanted to honor her legacy and I want this, I want her to be remembered, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying that's right. Yeah. I don't think it is. I don't think there is an ethical way to retell this story. Yeah. But I can see, I think that there was probably a lot of justification that had to happen. A lot of, you know. Yeah, mental gymnastics. Writing a lot of wrongs. Yeah. Well, I've, I listened to uh, Kara Robinson Chamberlain. She's a survivor and she talks about like ethical true crime. And she's basically like, it, it needs to be from the survivors. It needs from their mouth. Like it needs to be their story. And if there isn't a survivor, like, it's hard to 
obviously do the do the story total justice because mm-hmm. we, you weren't there mm-hmm. and then there wasn't a person there to tell what happened but she's I don't know she's super inspiring and she's doing her own like uh, movie or documentary about her own case which is super interesting so I think like we all have this like true crime itch that we like to scratch at times at least I do totally and there are like ways you can consume that media without yeah just re- like contributing to the re-traumatizing victims yeah it's really and that's hard something we're learning too right and I mean I'm interested in all that stuff too I yeah I'm fascinated by terrible awful yeah things I think we all are it's, yeah it's it's like sick but it's like a way of I think of like self-protection in a way where it's like if I find out about it then I can maybe prevent it yeah which isn't a- true but it can it can help yeah, you do, but you start thinking that way. You'd be like, mm-hmm. well, what would I do in this situation? Yeah, you're I like think, yeah. almost priming your brain. Be like, if I were in this situation, then what? Yeah, there's just something fascinating about how awful people can be to each other. Like, there's something I, yes. I, yeah, don't think I'll ever have the instinct to want to take someone else's life. You know, so I. <laughs> I, I <laughs> You're saying that so diplomatically, like, like you're like, but you know, I want to be able to change my mind. No, <laughs> like I don't. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon. Never say never. But, <laughs> but it's, it is interesting. I'm like, how, like there are really sick and twisted people out there that I can't relate to on any level. Yeah, it's, and it's fascinating. It is in a really twisted way. Super twisted. You're messed up. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. I'm just a little crazy. I'm just. I'm a weirdo. I'm I'm just just a little bit out there. <laughs> Have you seen Dear John? Yeah. Wait, uh, it's called that, right? The No, Red John? No. Oh. Dirty John. Oh, no, I've not seen that. Okay. <laughs> I was like Dear John with Channing Tatum and Amanda Yeah. yeah um, I was like wait a second. No, that's not that. But it's based on a real story with survivors. Um, but the girl who basically she has to end up killing her stepfather because he's attacking her. She talks about how she was able to protect herself because of how much Walking Dead she watched. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And she talks about it. Her name is Tara. She's all over TikTok and you should really watch the show. I mean, it's good. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, oh, or, honestly, I think I heard it all from a podcast first. But Dirty John, the podcast is good. Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Criminal by Phoebe Judge. Uh, shout, I'm just shouting her out as well. Yeah, you should check it out. if you. She really needs our boost. Exactly. <laughs> She's going to get that History Duffs boost pretty soon. Yeah. You're welcome, You're Phoebe. welcome, Phoebe. <laughs> and if you could, uh, you know, scratch our back. <laughs> um, I, one positive, if there could be a positive note. Uh, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I know a couple of people who worked on this movie. Um. That's not the positive part. <laughs> but I do. I have a couple of friends who worked on this one and worked on other projects with the same director. They also think it's awful for yeah. what it's worth. Um, they're also not my friends. They're like, uh, I used to date this guy who was friends with them. Redacted. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. But um, I was talking to them about when we started, we first started History Duffs. I was talking to them about this project, and they're like, oh, I worked on a Hillary Duff movie one time. It's <laughs> like, wait, which one? Um, probably the worst choice, that they, the worst thing they could have said. Yeah. But um, one of them told me a story of uh, 
on the set there I guess they had a really awful AD I don't know who so I can't even whatever um but somebody who's just like really nasty to the crew doesn't surprise me but um I guess Hillary Duff one day on set like yelled at him and stood up for the crew like in front of everybody um so I love that I know it's not really touching that is really touching I wish I knew the details I honestly he was telling me the story and I was like oh save it save it for the podcast you can tell me about it then um and then I stopped dating his friend so (laughs) we're not close but fun fact if you want to watch more from this director that he did which one, I don't <laughs> you don't and you shouldn't he did uh he did one about Nicole Brown Simpson and her death and the boy from this group of friends that I dated is in it <laughs> as uh like neighbor neighbor I I he wait he me. played neighbor <laughs> yeah I yep. love neighbor <laughs> you know him neighbor number three <laughs> He uh, showed me the the clip. Of oh wow! It, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, something that I also wrote in my notes as we're talking about our former co-host Taylor Wingfield earlier. Hillary Duff's accent in this movie sounded like when Taylor was doing that Russian plane character in our Wings episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I get that Sharon Tate was raised internationally because her, her dad was in the military, so she was born in Dallas, but, like, lived internationally. She won um, Homecoming Queen in in her high school in Italy. Just, wow. Yeah, and she was in, like, a couple Italian movies before going to the U.S. But I'm like, this accent is still not it. No. I, yeah, I don't know what her accent was, but it's not that. It felt more Romanian. <laughs> Roman, 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 Polanski, Polanski. Romanian Polanski. Ugh. I was trying to get there. We didn't even have to address that monster. I know. Sorry. She was in real life married to Roman Polanski at the time. Gross. 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 Man. Okay. I when I was watching this movie, I came up with a theory. Okay. That there are two types of people in the world. Okay. People who want their nursery decorated for them, and people who want to decorate their own nursery. Which do you think you would be? Oh, I know who I am. You want to decorate it yourself? I want to decorate it myself. Yeah. And if you lay a finger in there, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna bite that finger off. Yeah. But I feel like, I was like, I feel like Paige wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't. You can totally decorate my nursery. <laughs> yeah, you can decorate my nursery any day. As long as it's got everything it needs in it, I'm fine. Yeah, no, that is my territory, though. Yeah. yeah, well, you are, you've got an eye for it. You're a decorator. I used to get um, Pottery Barn Teen magazine as well mm-hmm. as like Pottery Barn Baby, and I would like cut up the furniture and make rooms. That's really cute and clever. Yeah, and then my mom um, basically wouldn't let me get the magazines anymore. She was like, You have a problem. <laughs> See, I know I would love having my nursery decorated for me because I pretend that I live in all the rooms at Ikea. I'm like, I'm home. (laughs) And I'm comfortable, you know? And you feel at home? Yeah. It's already done for me. I take my shoes off. You're definitely not supposed to do that. (laughs) Mm, I don't see. I get under the covers. I poop in the toilet. (laughs) Isn't that what Ikea's for? Yes. Yeah, it's like a hotel. (laughs) With... Uh, people to observe you. With the people to observe you. You know when you're talking about like the black and white scene at the beginning of the movie? Uh-huh. I felt like I was watching like a bad play. Yeah. The whole thing felt like a bad play. Yeah. It truly did. And she's like, 
just like doing this weird accent. I just feel like she did this all because she wanted to do like the Sharon Tate hair. And I'm like, you can do that without yeah, you doing can do this that movie. on your own in another time. But at one point she's like, what would have happened if I hadn't wandered onto that film set? And it's like, no one has ever referred to themselves as wandered onto a film set. You knew that you didn't wander there. Yeah, you were, you People might say that about you, you know, like, oh, she wandered onto that that film set. But no one was like, I, like, what are you, you just walking around Hollywood aimlessly? Ridiculous. Yeah. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? That's kind of what she does. I was, I was going to ask you if you've seen it. I have seen it, actually. You have? I have. Yeah. Um, I was happier with that ending than, uh. I mean, it's kind of similar. Yeah. I think and that it, Quentin Tarantino watched The Haunting of Sharon Tate and was like, I can do this with a bigger budget. Wait, I think, <laughs> I guess, what year did that come out? 2019? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. 2019. Yeah, I because think, wow. I, you know how I remember? It's because I got in a fight with the guy I was seeing like immediately before the movie started. We're, we're like watching the trailers. Oh, it's the longest movie ever. We're watching the trailers and Louis C.K. comes up as a concept. That's who you were dating? No. <laughs> no, thank you. But basically the man that I was dating and I will not even say his name. It was not Rush. It was not. It would never. <laughs> never. Um. He basically was like, yeah, I would still pay money to see Louis C.K. perform. Mm. And I was like, that man makes my job actively unsafe. And he was like, yeah, I would still pay to see him. And then the lights darkened in the theater and the movie started. And we were like, we looked at each other like, I guess we're going to fight about this in three hours. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Did you fight about it in three hours? Of course we did. I can't let that go. Like, it's one thing to say... I'm going to watch this person's work that's already out there and it's free. It's another thing, which by the way, I still can't do. I can't either. I can't do it, but it's, it's so much worse to so much worse. Yeah. Oh, that is a word. Uh, Or that is a sentence. It's three. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God you're here. (laughs) But it's so much worse to then give that person money Mm -hmm. actively and to support their career and to go see them perform stand-up like I don't care that's your favorite comedian right yeah he's not anymore that's the way I feel it should be yeah exactly I have so much trouble separating the art from the artist yeah and I, I really don't do I don't think I want to no especially when it's a stand-up comedian because that yeah. so much of their art is meant to be yeah. like a reflection of who they are absolutely and like as a woman in comedy it's like I'm, I don't think it's uh there I <laughs> There's so many creepy guys out there, and it's like, oh, ha, 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 he's just being funny, and it's not the case. Yeah. And it's like, why support the biggest example of that? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that whole movie was tainted by me being, like, clenching my teeth. Holly, yeah, that's. <laughs> I will say I loved Julia Butters in it. Oh, yeah, she's precious. She's precious. She's we stand. We stand. And she doesn't know better. She doesn't she's know better. And honestly, did you see, like, when... Quentin Tarantino like like one or whatever and she's up on stage like he kind of ignored her and she was like looking for a little affirmation and it was really sad do yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah she's a sweetie she's so cute she's so cute mm, oh season oh. two Julia Butters oh, so, yeah Julia Butters season it's so weird <laughs> that's that one so, movie to cover a child star that's still, still a, a child, child. so weird creepy <laughs> so wrong uh huh I don't like that idea at all Good suggestion, but 
but um, actually leave. <laughs> um, a fun fact of what I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, what's her name? Angela Folger? What was her name? Abigail. Abigail. Gosh, I knew it was an A. Uh, Abigail Folger was played by um, Lydia. Yeah, Lydia Hurst. She's the great granddaughter. No. Of- what? <laughs> of Patty Hurst? No. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. I was like shocked to be beyond. Sorry. She's the great. <laughs> well, maybe somehow related to Patty Hearst, but what I was going to say, she's the great granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst. Yes, who is related to Patty Hearst. Okay, but I had already said great granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's her. That is her... fascinating. I thought so too. <laughs> Let me share it. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's. Wow, that's crazy because Abigail Folger was the real life heiress to the coffee yeah. Folgers which they really couldn't let go in this movie every time she was in a scene she was like I'm just a coffee heiress <laughs> I didn't even notice that oh I, my god I learned that from my own research oh really I was like oh. it just I was felt that used by them in the movie because they made it seem like they were like house guests overstaying their welcome and that they were like poor and taking advantage of them and then for it to be like oh well she's the Folgers heiress yeah that's probably not the case. Yeah, they weren't poor and taking advantage of them. They were supposed to be there to, like, help Sharon. They're, yeah. like, friends, like, family friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's also, Lydia Hurst is also married to um, Chris Hardwick, who's, meh. Who's Chris Hardwick again? Um, he is There's a, so many Chrises. So many Chrises. So many men out there. He's, um... Ugh. So true. Right? Have you noticed that? We need to bring back the draft. A lot of men. <laughs> just he's kidding. A, just kidding. Chris Hardwick is a man with, um, he's a comedian and he's a, like a TV host. Oh, is he, he in Flock of Dudes? All the best no. male comedians are. <laughs> Somehow he was not in Flock of Dudes. Huh. I don't know how. Then I probably, probably don't care about his work. They probably asked him. Um, but he hosted At Midnight when that was a thing. And um, Oh, yeah. That guy. But I'm pretty sure there's some public allegations against him as well i know there are some in private but i think there's i think it's out there (laughs) (laughs) he's just gross yeah i believe that um i did like the name of the dog in this movie what was it dr saperstein (laughs) (laughs) which i'm assuming is real and is dr saperstein Mm, i wonder if that's a reference to something i feel like it probably is I was going to re- research it, and then I got too scared. And then you're like, you gave up. I got I way too scared. Ooh, um, speaking of dogs, I yeah. do have a, I, it's not a quiz. Oh, it's not a quiz. So many games. Okay. But it's a fun guessing thing, kind I of. I love it. I'm dog sitting right now, as okay. I mentioned. And my dog that I'm dog sitting, his name is Clyde. He has an enemy, hmm. an enemy dog. It's the neighbor dog. And you would love the name of this dog. Bonnie. No, I wish. Oh, that'd be great, right? No, I wish. Okay. Um, I personally would You love personally, it. I personally, kind of like the cornerstone of our friendship. Dawson. Almost. Pacey. Yes. Pacey? <laughs> yes. Pacey was my first instinct, just because I like Pacey better. Yeah. But I was like, no way. No one would have an enemy named Pacey, but... Pacey? Mm-hmm. We have a dog named Pacey? Well, the, the neighbors. neighbors yes. Oh my gosh. Named after, I'm assuming, Pacey I assume. Winter, right? I know. And so um, the dog's mom was telling me, she was like, oh, he has an enemy named Pacey. And I was like, oh, but. You're like, I'm team Pacey. I know. And, what did and Clyde she was do? like, listen, we have to separate Pacey from Joshua Jackson. Uh, <laughs> she's oh like, Pacey gosh. the dog, not as great as Pacey the man. 
Pacey. That's so precious. Did you know when I was a child, before yes. I had ever seen... Okay, you might know, but <laughs> I'm just going to stop telling the story then. Never mind. That was fun. <laughs> oh, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> Yes. Sometimes uh, yes, you're going to have on. to listen to my stories. Yes, more go than on. Once. I was giving you an affirming yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I heard that. <laughs> yes, I do know what you're going to say. So no, several times I've been editing this podcast uh-huh. and we have completely like skipped paragraphs because we're just on the same wavelength. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like that's... mentally, I know where we're going, but I'm like, how, how did we even finish this conversation? <laughs> It makes no sense. <laughs> this is probably so fun for people listening. Oh, yeah. Well, they're definitely listening. <laughs> okay. What I was going to say, audience at home. Is that Paige's mom. <laughs> mom. When I was a child, before I had ever seen Dawson's Creek, I went to build a bear. And I built myself a bear. And I was going through the name book at the end. And I wanted to give my bear a name that started with P because my name starts with a P. And pneumonia was taken. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, on the girls' side, because it was like divided by girls and boy names, on the girls' side was Pacey. And I was like, oh, I like that for a name. And I like I named, it too. It's cute. I named my bear Pacey. Do you still have her? Somewhere, yeah. You got to bring her to LA so I she should. can fulfill her dreams. She was so cute. Her fur looked like oatmeal it was a child so that's what I thought it looked like oatmeal yeah and um I put her in a little poodle skirt (laughs) (laughs) she was really cute my best friend um when they went to college or university because they went to Scotland yes quite their mom recorded a voice message on one of the Build-A-Bear like voice message things you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah Basically, she just went to Build-A-Bear and was like, I just want the voice box thing. And then when I was packing up... They gave it to her? Yes. (laughs) So then when I was packing up our stuff, like something happened, something moved, and then out of nowhere, I hear my friend's mom's voice go, I love you, Bear Bear. You're so pretty and smart. (laughs) And this voice box had been like moved and somehow was in our toolbox and it scared the daylights out of me. I would have peed my pants. (laughs) I probably did. That is so scary. But I do love the message. You're so pretty and smart. You're like, okay, ghost. Okay, ghost. I Thank love that. You. It's also like, this is like my second mother. It was so yeah. scary to hear just like a voice that I knew couldn't be there. Right. There. Whoa. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so scary. That's really, that should be in a horror movie. Yeah. Who needs a haunting of Sharon Tate when you have that one time the Build-A-Bear voice box scared Hope? Ooh, that's the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Wow, Wow, was right. Well, is it time to rank love interests? Luckily, her love interest isn't in this movie. Well, we can still rank Roman Polanski a negative 100. Million? Negative, negative million? million? Negative, Just negative infinity? Million. Yeah, yeah, negative infinity. Yep. So that, that was easy. Check. Check. <laughs> and then I don't, I don't want to tag, tag ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be in this movie. We can tag ourselves as the people who turned the movie off when they were watching it. We tag ourselves as people encouraging you at home to not watch The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Not only do I not want to support it, it's also just not good. It's not even bad in a fun way. Like, it's, yeah. there's just nothing interesting or... Yeah, it, that's exactly you know. right. It's not even bad in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. This is how we end the podcast. And, and, 
<laughs> well, should we tell our, our fans what to expect? Sure. I mean, we're not really sure ourselves, yeah. you guys. <laughs> um, expect a little hiatus and then expect for us to be back with a vengeance. Yeah. There might be some... I, I predict some fun sprinkled in before season two. Yeah. I think a little bit of fun, if you guys like fun. A little fun to be had. But in the meantime, if you feel like doing something for us. Yeah, because we've done so much for you. So much. We've provided hours of entertainment. Um, Go and subscribe to the pod. Download the episodes. That is really helpful. Rate, Rate the show. Um, Leave a review. Your friends. Tell your friends. Just, just share it. Yeah. Spread the good word. Spread the good word. And you know what? Spread that good word all over TikTok, too. Yeah, we're on TikTok at History Duffs. We're on Instagram as well. Yeah. I will say. We've got some fun content on our social media we platforms. We really do. It's a party over there. You should join us. If you like old pictures of Hillary Duff, like then you've come to the right place. You can also see what we look like. <laughs> over there i'm a sexy baby and Paige is a monster on a hill (laughs) (laughs) well i'm hope carew i'm oh wait our scene we have oh (laughs) (laughs) i was so ready for it to be over i know we have a scene though really quick before you go i'm very excited it's so good and before i know you're gonna be like ew they did this movie this terrible awful movie and now they're gonna make fun of it more it's not what you expect, okay? It's not what you think. Um, no. This We trusted my good friend Lara Whitley to um, cover this topic with sensitivity and grace, and they did just that. So yeah. I guess listen to that, and then we'll sign off the way that we normally do. Right. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Lara Whitley. Hey, guys. This is Lara, and I am a reformed true crime content creator. Um, I used to have a true crime podcast and make true crime TikToks. I have since, you know, grown up, gotten a wider perspective, realized how I played into the exploitation of other people's trauma, and am actively trying to combat that now. Now I mostly just make whatever content I want. I do a little bit of queer content, some mental health stuff, and I also talk a lot about how exploitative true crime really is. I think there is absolutely a way to discuss true crime cases, but it really needs to be focused on education and advocacy with always, always, always consent from the victims or the victims' families. What true crime has become is very gross, and I think we're beginning to see a lot of people really stepping away from that, which is very nice. And this movie was no exception to um, horrible takes on true crime. So I decided to put my admin skills to use and write a very strongly worded email to the director of this film. So just picture this. You um, get to your office Monday morning and this is the first thing that you see in your inbox. So the subject line is not so friendly reminder with a smiley face. I really wanted it to be as passive aggressive as possible. To whom it may concern, it has come to my attention that you insert name here. I cannot remember the director's name, but honestly, he's not very nice, so that's fine. Have created yet another salacious and exploitative fictional film based on a very real and awful crime. I guess it wasn't enough for you to re-traumatize the families of Ted Bundy's victims or to make light of deadly domestic violence, i.e. Nicole Brown Simpson. It may come as a surprise to you, but the Manson murders don't need to be scarier. They already are. Sharon didn't need to have psychic powers or prophetic nightmares. 
That is merely a myth that all of her loved ones have denied time and time again. She didn't need to have her entire life reduced to the fact that she was a wife and an expectant mother. We've seen it a million times before, and we absolutely did not need to see an exact recreation of the crime scene and murders in gruesome detail on three separate occasions. It seems as though there has been a miscommunication because I cannot imagine why anyone else would directly disobey the request of the victim's sister. Per my last paragraph, it is entirely irresponsible and callous for you to mix in fictional details with real events. This only perpetuates misinformation and sensationalizes several families' worst nightmares that have since become a reality. Much like the absolute atrocity that is once upon a time in Hollywood, your film makes the mistake of posing pointless what-if questions. It insinuates that if Sharon, Abigail, Wojtek, Jay, and Stephen had just fought back harder or done something differently, they might still be alive. Not only is that incredibly insensitive, it is futile. They aren't alive and it's no one's fault except for Charles Manson and his followers. As no doubt you are aware that the satanic panic was a tumultuous and terrifying time in American history. Those who did not conform to a white heterosexual Christian society were subjected to a national witch hunt. The ramifications of this were vast and detrimental, which have persevered over time through works like this very film. To put it more simply, you should be ashamed of yourself. For all of the reasons listed above, I feel it is best if you put an immediate and indefinite pause on any future true crime projects that you may have planned. It is also recommended that you sincerely apologize to those who you have harmed in the process of releasing this film. If it were up to me, this film would be pulled from streaming platforms everywhere due to the fact that it is done in poor taste and honestly, poor quality. Please note that there is no excuse for your behavior, and I am indeed mad as well as disappointed. Have the day you deserve. Signed, someone who actually has common sense and empathy. So yeah, uh, honestly, not only was this film just like atrociously made, but it is, it is just so disrespectful when Sharon Tate's sister has actively spoken out against it and said that she did not want this to happen. They did not have her permission. Also, the director actually wrote a letter to her family trying to apologize, but it really only just discussed how strongly it affected him and that it wasn't a slasher when it absolutely was. And like, he's not the center of this story. So those are my two cents. I highly encourage you to do some research on how to be ethical in true crime and how to listen to and work with victims and their families. If you would like to find more of me, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at It's Lara Like Sarah. Um, just L-A-R-A and then S-A-R-A-H because I am pro-H when it comes to Sarah's. Thank you so much to Hope and Paige for allowing me to be a little guest on this episode. I have known Hope for a very long time and I am so excited that they have started this podcast. I absolutely love Hilary Duff. So thank you so much. So in summary, um, don't watch this movie. It's, it's not good and it is disrespectful. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I thank I'm you, Lara. So thrilled. I was really nervous about doing this episode, particularly because of the deleted scene. Yeah, and I expressed that to Hope, and she was like, "I've got the perfect person for this." And yeah, you really delivered. Oh. And, and Lara, I'll really take delivered. I'll take credit for Lara's delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much, Lara. You really said you said it all. And Truly. Um, if you're a fan of what you heard, follow Lara like Sarah on TikTok. Yeah, so good. All right, Hope, now it's your turn. Okay, fine. I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And, and this was History Duffs. Duffs.